you have to stay in the process and realize it is not a single decision where you flip a switch and suddenly everything is different. It takes time. Hi, I'm Richard Ralston. Welcome to Focus on Progress, the podcast for you, the online membership owner who wants to see more progress in your business, in your life, and in the lives of those you lead. In this episode, I talk with ex-elementary school teacher Alison Morrow, who now runs an online business that helps parents streamline their homeschooling. We chat about how de-schooling helps parents start homeschooling faster and more efficiently how Alison started answering people's questions about homeschooling and how this led to her building her business, Good Schooling. The idea that we have to stay in the process if we want to make any sort of significant progress and how being in a progress pod accountability group and using the next tiny step method has helped her focus on getting more things done in her business. Alison also tells us about how she uses a shared family calendar and how this helps her get more done. Hi, Alison. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Alison, you run a membership for uh, people in the homeschool area. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I help parents who are already homeschooling, but they really struggle with the overwhelm or uh, burnout, and they're trying to figure out how to streamline and simplify what they're doing. Right. So we homeschooled our children for a number of years. And uh, it was kind of fairly what we we really didn't know what we were doing at the at the beginning. And I'm <laughs> a lot sure, of parents don't. <laughs> right. So what is it that you actually provide for parents? You know, how could you have helped me back in the day? Hmm. I think one of the biggest strengths of what I offer families is helping them get through the de-schooling process, which is something that most families they don't know what it is and they don't know how it's going to influence their homeschooling, but it is actually the the root issue for most families when they start to struggle or their their kids are pushing back and they don't want to work or things don't seem to be working. It's often because the family hasn't de-schooled. And that is one of the biggest um, benefits, I think, of, of what I do is the fact that I educate parents on what that is and how it's going to influence them and then walk them through that process and how to do that for themselves and their kids to make homeschooling go more smoothly. So tell me, I- in talking with you, you know, a few weeks ago, you were the first person that I'd ever heard use the term de-schooling. And we <laughs> homeschooled for uh, probably somewhere between six and eight years with our four children. And we were very clear that we were schooling at home, not doing school at home. Right. So, so what do you see as the distinction of de-schooling? What, what's that about? So when you think about what your own beliefs are about education, what it should entail, what it should include, what it should look like, what its end goals should be, all those things, it's all influenced by what your own, first of all, what your own experience was as a child who was schooled, and also influenced by the fact that you live in a society that upholds one specific approach to education as being the standard, the the, the supposed, uh, you know, what everybody should be trying to attain. Right. And in reality, that's just one of lots of different approaches, lots of different philosophies. And quite frankly, when you look at human development and how kids learn, it is not the most efficient, it is not the most logical way to educate. And so, de-schooling is a process of actually detoxing yourself 
from that philosophy, from that belief that has been so instilled in you from your own experience and just from being in the society who thinks that way. And it helps you to start seeing all of the different ways that kids can learn that don't necessarily need lectures and textbooks and tests and quizzes and all these various things that we have come to think of as being necessary trappings of education. And so it just opens up your mind to all of the possibilities and all the different ways that you can customize homeschooling to best fit your kids and your family. There's there's a lot in that. I mean, <laughs> there's a ton. <laughs> there, there is a lot in that. And it's you know, a big we, conversation. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is very much where we ended up uh, with homeschooling our children. And the really interesting thing for us is that two of our children started at school and then homeschooled through their senior years and went on to university and both got very, very good degrees. The other two were homeschooled almost from the beginning and then because of the dynamic of the family they went back to school in their senior years and mm. both of them said there is no way we are going on to university <laughs> <laughs> and they went straight out into the workforce and got really good jobs so we've seen homeschooling have a huge impact on our children uh, which yeah. has been great and a lot of it has been around their beliefs about what they think is possible for themselves and the goals they've set themselves and how they've implemented or taken action to actually achieve those goals. And so one of the things I'm really interested in talking with you about in terms of you know, your life and how you've built your business and how you work with your people is this whole idea that for me, leadership is about helping people identify their potential, and then helping them realize that potential. Now, what I mean by realize, it's two ideas. One idea is that they realize it internally, and then the second thing is that they realize their potential in the real material world, mm -hmm. which means that my role as a leader is to help people make progress I think over this last couple of years with so many families coming into homeschooling who had never considered it, it had never been on their radar. What they're realizing is they have come to understand how incredibly powerful homeschooling can be to do exactly the things you were just talking about. When you think about what parenting is, is it not helping our children to realize their potential and help them to realize like what, you know, what's going to motivate them, what they want to do with their lives, what, what yeah. their potential is internally and out in the world. And as homeschool parents, you get to fashion everything you do around that idea. You seem to be very, very fired up. What was it that led you into this whole homeschooling thing at the beginning? It was actually my own journey as a homeschooling parent that showed me that there was no real structure or system for figuring out how to homeschool. Basically, if someone wanted to homeschool, they would either go online and Google homeschool curriculum, which is like the worst thing you can do, or they would just find somebody else who homeschools and say, tell me, tell me what you do. Tell me what I should do. Tell me what curriculum to buy. And it becomes this giant trial and error that could literally last years and end up making you waste tons of money, tons of time, frustration, because there was no systematic way of figuring out what's gonna work for you. 
what's going to work for your kids? What options are there? One of the major limiting beliefs that so many parents have is, oh, I'm not a teacher. And so there's no way I can homeschool. And so I feel like as a homeschool coach, one of my biggest and most important jobs is helping parents come to the place where they can see, oh, I am equipped. I do have what I need. I do have what my kids need in order for me to, to homeschool them. I'm not, I'm not at a disadvantage just because I'm not a teacher. I often tell them you're actually probably ahead of the game compared to where I, you know, where I was at the same kind of point in my homeschooling journey, because you're not having to fight against all of this indoctrination that I had. Right. And they have less, they have less to undo, right? Exactly. They have less to unpack. Right. But that process of helping them move forward in that belief that, okay, I can actually do that. I can actually homeschool my kids. That's a big part of that, that process and getting them to that point of progress is helping them to, to understand that. And it's interesting that you, you use both those words, the process and the progress. I've been thinking about that a little bit lately. And I honestly believe that we need to put time into staying in the process in order to make the progress. And we, are, we live in such a instant society. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, I laugh about this because I used to think, you know, we used to call it the microwave society. Um, you know, and, and that and is now the so, microwave takes too long. I, it, it does, <laughs> You have to wait right? a minute and a half. <laughs> it does. And, and I'm so, I, I'm becoming so interested in this idea now that I'm, I haven't heard anybody else say it quite like this. I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but you'll understand the concept. And that is stop the scroll. Yes. And whether yep. it's stop the scroll when I'm online or stop my squirrel tendencies, <laughs> yeah, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> um, chasing that next shiny object or, mm -hmm. or, or settling the monkey mind or whatever mm -hmm. it is that we're talking about, it, this idea of stopping the scroll and bringing my attention to the thing that's important now. Um, yeah. I, I think that influence is becoming more about the ability to uh, capture and hold either your own attention, if we're talking about our, uh, influencing ourselves or self-discipline, mm -hmm. uh, if we're talking in the, the greater scheme of things, the art of influence is all about capturing and holding attention. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a whole nother subject that we won't necessarily get into here <laughs> uh, because that, that gets pretty deep. Coming back to this idea, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so this idea of helping people realize that they do have the potential to homeschool their children. They do have the potential to bring about change or transformation in their lives. That's the first step. How do you then go about helping them when they run into challenges? So the, the, the thing that I have learned over the last six years that I've been coaching is that the vast majority of the issues that homeschoolers have come back to typically the fact that they haven't de-schooled enough. And the main issues that they're having are the belief that there are things that they quote unquote must do. I know we're talking about education primarily here and homeschooling primarily here, 
But I also wonder whether each of us hold beliefs about certain things in life, about the way they should be done. It comes back to this rigidity or, or mm-hmm. the, the way we've been brought up or the way we see life is, and we think that is the way it should be. And, oh, my goodness, I'm just not measuring up to that. Mm-hmm. So much of that for every part of our lives, right? Yeah. So even as you decided to make the decision to well, start coaching people, or set up your own business, leave the education system. Can you tell me about some of that process and what you had to go through in terms of letting go of beliefs or even security about where your income was going to come from? Yeah, it was tricky. I I had been teaching for about six years, um, kind of on and off. And when I, the reason I decided to start good schooling in the first place was because when we first started more formally educating our girls at home. It was actually my husband that was doing it. And I was still teaching in a private Christian school in Colorado. And I had families that knew us, friends of ours all over the place saying, okay, wait, hold on. You're teaching at a really well-rated private school that your kids could be going to for free because you work there, but they're not there. You're homeschooling them? Like, why? Why is that? Why are you, why are you making that choice? And so it opened a lot of doors to be able to talk to people about what I saw as the benefits of homeschooling versus a conventional education. And and so I kept having these conversations and I found myself spending more and more time writing emails and texting and private messaging with friends on Facebook, explaining my reasons and explaining how to get started and explaining, you know, what, what they could do to avoid all the pitfalls that we had fallen into our first couple of years. And I realized, my gosh, I'm spending hours telling people how to homeschool maybe I should turn this into something. Maybe there's a niche here that needs to be filled. And I started looking and that was when I really realized nobody really did have that, that system um, that I had talked about earlier. And we had just, when all this started, it was like six months after we had finally felt like we had our feet under us solidly for our own homeschool adventure. And so that was what made me realize there are a lot of families in the same position they really need help. They need someone as like the gateway into homeschooling that can help them figure this out. And that was what made me realize this is something I need to do this. I need to help right. these families. Right. So it it doesn't sound to me like you made a strategic goal decision to set up a business in the homeschooling area. It sounds like you just got on a journey and took it step by step and yeah. found it- yourself here. It, it's really, that is kind of what happened. I just, I kind of started doing it on the side and I came up with my own little system. And originally I was working one-on-one with families, which is really time consuming. And I was not charging nearly as much as I should have for that much one-on-one time, but I was not, a, you know, I didn't know anything about business building. I didn't know anything about, you know, just like a family comes into homeschooling and doesn't know all the options. I was coming into the business world knowing nothing about my options. So I thought, well, how else would I do this except working one-on-one with families, you know? And so um, my whole process of starting good schooling and, and trying to figure out how to serve as many families as possible, it was a very similar kind of process to figuring out homeschool. It was like, I tried this and I wasted a ton of money and then I tried that and that didn't work either. And then I, and I really stumbled around and had a, a very very, very frustrating few years trying to figure out how to best help 
families do what I knew that they could do and what I knew I could help them with. It's, it's interesting because I have seen so many ads online for people who are saying, here's my seven step process or nine step process or three step process to take you to a, th- a six figure income. And, you know, if you use my process, you don't have to go through all the frustration I had, blah, 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 blah. And, and then here are, here are a whole bunch of testimonials about people who have used this process and got there really quick. Here's the irony of it, Alison. It seems that everybody who is putting out those ads has had to go through the pain to figure out their process to make <laughs> progress, right? Yeah. In other words, I guess what I'm saying in that is that we have to get basically there aren't any shortcuts now what there aren't any shortcuts to getting in the process now there are some things that you can do to speed it up but the reality of it is that you've got to get in the process and it's not that we're doing our own thing it's that and here's the distinction we're just figuring out our own way And so that's the message that I guess I share or try and share with a lot of people is just look at where you're at and take the next tiny step and move Mm -hmm. forward. Stay in the process. And if you stay in the process long enough, you'll make progress. Do I think it's great to have people around you? Absolutely. People that you can get feedback from who can help you out. So is that the sort of thing that you've seen in your own life in building your business? Is that the sort of thing that you're seeing with uh, the homeschooling parents that you work with? It's just to encourage them to stay in the process? Yes. You know, like you were saying earlier, we're like beyond the microwave society. We want things so quick. And parents have this idea that, oh, as soon as I bring my child home, all the problems are going to stop. They're going to love learning. We're going to have these beautiful (laughs) fireside, you know, read aloud sessions and talk about poetry. And we're going to, you know, they have this, this beautiful idea in their mind, but they think that somehow just by changing the location of their child's education from a classroom to the couch, it's going to suddenly cause this huge transformation and it causes the, a transformation. It, yeah, it, causes, it causes a lot of things, <laughs> not nearly as many of the things the parents are expecting, unfortunately. Well, well, and not so, initially anyway, yeah. not, not initially, <laughs> but it's that you're exactly right. It's that, that idea of helping them to understand you have to stay in the process and realize it is a process. It is not a single decision where you flip a switch and suddenly everything is different. It takes time. It takes time to detox your brain from the conventional approach. It takes time for your kids to be able to, to, to break free of the constraints that public school has put on them and to realize I don't have to learn the way that somebody else has told me I have to learn. I can learn any way I want, which is actually a little scary for some kids. They don't know what they want to learn about. They don't know what they're interested in. Their curiosity has been so stomped out of them that they don't know how to ask questions and how to be curious anymore. And it takes time. It is a process for them to rediscover that and rebuild 
those muscles because they they've atrophied. Right. So, so the, it's not just the parents who are going through change here. Right. The children right. are going through change here as well. So yeah. what do you say to people and, and, and how do you work through this in yourself to help you stay settled in the chaos of the journey? I think helping them to take a long view of education and realize it's a marathon, not a sprint, to realize that they've got so much time. Even if your kids are 14 and 15, when they first start homeschooling, you have so much more time than you realize mm -hmm. because now your kids are with you and you are an influence all the time. And so now you have all of this time just for conversation, just to be able to speak truth into their life and just to point out little things and to, to have interesting conversations. And we don't realize, parents don't realize how much their kids learn through that. And so to help them understand that this is a, a process that's going to take time, but that it is going to be so much easier and so much more enjoyable, that is a huge, huge part. So let's take this personal to you. How do you stay settled in the chaos of the journey of building a membership and running a business? <laughs> because it's been totally easy, right? <laughs> I honestly, the, the best tool that I have found for all of that has been the progress pods because it has been such a huge game changer in my, my view of what I need to be doing in my business. And where I used to say, okay, by this time, I have to get this stuff done. And by this time I need to be doing this. And by this time, everything was always like in the future. And I'd have this, you know, this time between now and then that I had to get all this stuff done. And I was hoping that it would all come together and it would all work by then and everything would stay on course. And, and so my, my focus was always kind of off in the distance and not so much on what can I be doing right now to make sure I get there. And so being in the progress pod with you and hearing this whole concept of the next tiny step that you mentioned earlier, bringing the focus back to the present and not constantly just, you know, looking forward, looking forward, not that you don't want to look forward, but you got to look down at where you are and figure out what's the next thing to do has kept me so grounded. And it has helped me to be so much more productive because it, it focuses me back on, okay, the next thing that I can do is to start doing this. And that mindset even of just saying to start this, not to finish this, not to complete this, but I'm going to take the first step in making this next thing happen has been, it's been a huge game changer. It has changed my mindset on running my business so much. And that has, that has made figuring out my membership, which as you know, has been I, the whole thing. I raised it to the ground and I've been rebuilding out of the ashes over the last couple of months, but it, none of that, I don't think would have happened if I hadn't had that mindset that brought me back to say, okay, what's actually happening here? What's, what's going on? What do I, what do my people need right now? Instead of constantly focusing, well, here's where I want to be. And here's where I want to grow to. And then having all the other people in the membership to be able to bounce ideas off of and, and, say, okay, I'm thinking this, do you think I'm on the right path and hearing their, their input and what's worked for them. And, you know, when I tried that, here's what happened. And having just that feedback and that accountability has been absolutely gold. Yeah. So what I hear, I hear you saying a number of things in there. Uh, let me see whether I can summarize. You, you clearly have a goal orientated mindset. 
because you're talking Absolutely. about things you wanted to achieve in the future. I, I believe that we all have a goal-orientated mindset. I believe that we all have hopes, dreams, desires, aspirations that tomorrow will be better than today. Mm-hmm. That fundamentally is a goal-orientated mindset. What I'm about is helping people develop an action-orientated mindset to add to their goal-orientated right. mindset. And the idea of the action-orientated mindset is to say, great, we have that goal. That's the direction that we want to head in. What can we do now and take action on? What can we implement right now to start moving us forward? And when are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like we have a goal that we want to get a certain amount of work done by the end of the day or the end of the week. But we don't say to ourselves, well, that's fine, I'll get it done by then. What we say is, I'm going to turn up at work at 8.30 in the morning and start working on this. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm going to take action. And if I'm productive and if I stay focused and all, and, and if things go well, according to plan, which they almost never do, but if they do, then I might well achieve that a goal at the end of the week. So it's not an either or, it's an and both. Right. With an emphasis on taking action. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that was kind of the first thing. The second thing I hear you say is that being involved in a progress pod has given you a bunch of people around you that you can bounce ideas off, that you can share your frustrations, your challenges with, ask for advice, um, be a sounding board for some of your ideas. Uh, Can I say crazy ideas? Because entrepreneurs, (laughs) we all have crazy ideas, right? Wow, I should do this or that or the next thing. And and I, I mean, certainly for me, I found being involved in running progress pods and being involved in some progress pods myself as a participant, it really helped settle me. And and it has been probably one of the most significant things in helping me stay settled in the chaos of the journey. Yeah, because as a solopreneur, which is the position I'm in, I don't have a staff, I don't have anybody, you know, I don't have a virtual assistant, it is me running all the things. But and I think this is true for all entrepreneurs. We have specific strengths that have pushed us into the realm of being an entrepreneur. And then we realize, oh, I have to learn how to do all this other stuff too. I have to yeah. learn how to market myself and I have to learn how to keep, you know, balance my books and how to pay my taxes and how to file this business thing and how to, you know, run an email system and all the software. All of a sudden we have to master all these things that we really do not have all that much interest in mastering. We want to do the thing that we love doing. Mm. And so when we do come in at 8.30 in the morning or whenever it is that we finally get up to our office or wherever it is that we're going to work, We have this brain full of ideas, usually dominated by the thing that we really enjoy, but we've got all this other stuff we have to do too. And it can be so easy to just find find yourself spinning your wheels and bouncing from one, oh, that's right, I gotta make that phone call. Oh, but I also have to, I gotta make sure I get that email out. And I, oh shoot, and I've absolutely gotta make, and it's from one thing to one thing to one thing, and we never, we struggle so much to find a focus. But having that next tiny step mentality of saying, okay, And I love that we put it on the calendar. Like, I love that you have us do that. Like, show me it. It's on your calendar. This time, I am going to do this thing. And just even by pinning down that one activity, it seems to help me. And I don't know if everyone finds this to be true, but it it seems to help me shuffle everything else into some semblance of order and, and 
a system where I'm like, okay, so if I'm going to do that at 1030, it makes sense then to make sure I've done this and this and this first and I get that out of the way. Okay, so that'll be what I'll do now. And then I get to 1030 and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do that, that thing that I said I would do at 1030 that my progress pod is expecting me to do. So I start doing that and then it just naturally from there flows to, okay, well, I just finished doing, you know, recording this video or doing whatever. It totally makes sense that I should now do this other thing that was also on my to-do list because I'm kind of in that mindset already. So even just by pinning down that one activity, that one little task, it helps bring this focus and order to all of this chaos and all of these, you know, these 8 million things on the to-do list so that by the time I get to the end of my day, whatever the end of the day happens to be that day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got stuff done. I was not just spinning my wheels, which 99% of the time leads to me just scrolling on Facebook because I'm like, I have to escape the chaos. So I go online and I'm like, oh, just, you know, five minutes and then an hour and a half goes by and I've done absolutely nothing productive, you know? But it just gives that focus that is so powerful for being productive and being able to keep that forward motion. Absolutely. And I hear this. I hear the same story being said over and over again. A couple of things in there. This idea of actually putting your next tiny step on the calendar. It, it's so That's simple. Key. It is so key. It's so powerful. And I think one of the reasons why is that when you say yes to something, you say no to everything else. Mm -hmm. And no two objects can occupy the same point in space at the same point in time. We know what happens when we're driving down the motorway and we see two objects that have occupied <laughs> the same point the same space. <laughs> at the same point in time. It it's pretty. chaos. It ain't pretty. You're right. And and so just by doing that, we are starting to prioritize that which is most important to us. Not only that, it makes us think, start to think more strategically about the other things that we also need to get done in our lives, right? Yes. It's and as someone... Oh, go ahead. It's, it's hugely powerful. And I think that just that process helps us stay settled in the chaos of the journey and the length of our to-do list. And it's ironic that you said that the very thing that you use, or often many of us use, to try and escape the chaos is to go scrolling. <laughs> Which is chaos all over again. But it's a different chaos, so it's better. <laughs> It's a totally mind. So we tell ourselves it's a totally mindless chaos. It steals yeah. our attention. It steals our focus. And the moment it does that, it steals our energy, mm -hmm. and then we run out of energy to do the things that are most meaningful for us, which is building our business and helping those that we've chosen to serve. Exactly. Yes. That I think you nailed it when you said it helps us prioritize. Like it shows us, okay, this is the most important thing to be doing right now. And my family, my, my girls are teenagers. They have their own phones. We have a shared family calendar. And when I have things that I'm scheduling for, for business that I want to put on the calendar as a reminder, I usually put it on a calendar that nobody else in the family can see. It's just, you know, it's my, my little reminder for myself. But when I put my next tiny step, I do it with the calendar that everybody can see because I want everyone wow. to know, okay, at 1030, whatever time it is, Mom has something, so don't ask her at 10 o'clock if she can take you to the library, or don't ask her at 10.15 if, um, you know, she can start making you pancakes for a late, you know, for second breakfast. 
she's got something that's coming up, you know? And so when you have, whether it's a team or you're someone like me, you're homeschooling and you're running a business at the same time. And your husband is also running a business at the same time. So you're all doing all your things at the same time, being able to show everybody that has access to you and your space that, Hey, at this time I have a thing and you have to leave me alone so I can do my thing. (laughs) It's so important for, like you said, helping yourself to say no to other things and to say yes to this. And it, it just, again, with, with, you know, when I've got all this other stuff going on, kids are asking for help with their math and with this and that, and the dog needs to be walked and all this stuff. When I look at my calendar and I say, okay, I can do that for an hour, but at 1030, I have my thing. And they'll say, well, can't you just, that's just, you're just doing like, you can't, you just bring that with you and do it at the library. Can't you bring it and do it in the car? And you know how many podcasts or how many uh, progress pods I have done from the car (laughs) with my earbuds in and and myself on mute. Um, And sometimes, yes, sometimes I can. I'll say, yes, I can take this with. But there's other times where I say, no, I can't. And I have to get this done. So we'll go to the library afterwards. I'm not saying I never say no to the library, but I'm going to say no to the library at 1030 because at 1030, I got to do my thing. But when I'm done, we'll go. And so it helps to bring everybody else into focus with me, which really helps when you're working from home with all these other things going on. And of course, then they learn the power of this. Yes, yes. The power of having a a specific right now goal, little thing that I'm going to do right now. Both my girls have ADHD, God bless them. And so that executive function, you know, skill of managing time is not real strong for either of them. And so this is something that like we're working on is, hey, don't just say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I need you to pick a time. I've started telling my girls, I'll say, hey, you haven't done the dishes, babe. It's your day to do the dishes. Can you get those done? Yeah, 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 I will. Okay. I want you to tell me the time that you're going to do the dishes. I'll say, well, I'll do it after lunch. Okay. What time you're going to eat lunch? And they roll their eyes. Oh my gosh, mom. I don't know. You know, I'm like, look, you got to pick a time and then we're going to set an alarm on your phone to remind you. Because I know you, my darling, and you're not going to go do the dishes at whatever time you think you're going to, because you don't, they don't see time. They don't experience time the same way. And so 1.30 or whatever time they said they're going to do it is going to pass them by and it'll be 4.30 and it still won't be done. So that has been, that's been a big help for them learning to say, okay, at this time I'm going to do it. And here's how I'm reminding myself. Here's how I'm going to keep myself accountable. We're setting the time. Everybody, or at least mom, knows I'm supposed to do this thing. And if that alarm goes off and I hear it and I do not see a child going to do the dishes, I go call him on it. The alarm went off. It's 1.30. You said you're going to do the dishes. I know, but I'm in the middle of blah, blah, blah. You got to pause it. You got to go do this. They need, kids need to learn that kind of skill. They need that kind of of help. We all need that to learn that sort of skill and that kind of help. (laughs) Alison, thank you for this discussion today. It's been an absolutely wonderful opportunity to chat with you. If people wanted to connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, goodschooling.net. That's uh, that's my website. And you can find me on various social medias at Goodschooling, uh, wherever you want, pretty much. I'm there somewhere. Fantastic. We'll add those uh, details into the show notes. So in terms of making progress, helping people realizing their potential, some of the things that we've talked about today, what is one idea that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Oh, man. I would say 
choosing that that action oriented mindset and figuring out how to work that into whatever it is that you're doing it is so powerful and it creates such a perfect launching point for next things and next things and next things and it gets you going where you want to go it gets you where you need to be but having that right now that little thing even if it is just the most basic i'm going to get the notebook that i'm going to put the outline in even those small little steps are so powerful in getting us moving forward don't discount the power of that one little step thank you allison thank you this was great as i'm sure you've realized i'm passionate about helping people make progress one of the ways I do this is through helping membership owners and course creators set up progress pod accountability groups that use the next tiny step method. If you'd like to find out more about our progress pod accountability group system and how it can help you increase your membership retention, go to richardrelston.com. There's a link in the show notes below. You can also connect with me on Instagram at richardrelston. And if you've heard something in this episode that you thought was interesting, helpful or valuable, I'd really appreciate it if you would take the next tiny step and head over to Apple Podcast and leave me a review over there. You might also like to share this podcast with a friend. And please remember to hit that subscribe button. And until next time, remember to use the next tiny step method to help you focus on progress because it's your tiny steps taken consistently over time that will enable you to produce massive results.